You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. tonight. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. We welcome our guests to God's house tonight. We're glad you're here with us at Mission Point for Bible Study Night. Everyone that's joining us online, watching or listening, uh, thank you for joining us. And we've been going through a series called Skilled Leaders and uh, simply being a person of influence. And uh, we're on lesson seven, part seven tonight. And we've been studying through um, four books uh, of what Paul wrote to not churches, but actually to individuals. And so we've gone through Philemon and Titus, and we're in the books of Timothy. And uh, we're picking up tonight the four letters uh, that we're studying. Uh, they, were, they were probably written when the Apostle Paul uh, was in prison. And so getting basically to the end of his ministry, and he's writing these letters, uh, they're unique because they're personal and they're addressed to individuals and not necessarily to churches. Um, and Paul is uh, in a mentoring role when he's writing these letters. And so he's, he's helping individuals on how to be people of influence. And so uh, Philemon, Titus, and Timothy are receiving instruction. They're uh, what we would consider younger probably than Paul at the time. And he feels at liberty to speak to them and give them instruction on how to be transparent, how to be uh, a, a person of influence. And uh, I think it's relevant to us in 2023 that we want to be people of influence and not just any type of influence, but a positive influence. I want to be a person of positive influence. I want to be a positive person. So depressing being around negative people. Um, and so I thank the Lord for the teachings that he's given us through the life of Paul. And we, we've already learned through chapter 1 of 1 Timothy that uh, Paul was charging Timothy to fight for the, the truth and fight against uh, error or false teaching and uh, specifically to make sure uh, that false teaching was not part of, of the church. And uh, he was also uh, sharing part of his testimony, you'll see through chapter 1, and uh, that uh, God could use um, what he calls himself chiefest of among the sinners. And uh, Paul said, if he can use me, he can use anyone. And that's what we see through chapter 1. In chapter 2, Paul exhorts them that prayer should be their first priority and and then immediately following into um, teaching of being close to the Lord, living a holy life because praying to, to uh, for God to do what we want uh, when we want is it's that won't work <laughs> that simply won't work we want what he wants when he wants it and uh, if we if we uh, follow after that uh, motto then it'll be right God never makes a mistake he doesn't make a mistake. And so if we're, if we're following after what he wants when he wants, it'll be okay. 
And through chapter 3, Paul's using qualifications for leaders, senior leaders like bishops and, and overseers and second leaders like deacons and servants. Uh, and he makes it obvious that uh, every one of us, no matter what capacity we're in, that character is as much important as competence. And uh, yes, we want competent people, but we want people of character and of integrity. And God wants us to live that way. He reminds Timothy uh, that he has a high privilege of being part of the church. He calls him a pillar. That's a display. That's someone who uh, the church is, is leaning on. And, uh, he calls him a pillar and ground, which is, is protection of the truth. He emphasizes that uh, the central truth of the apostolic church uh, uh, is the one true God. And uh, he, he shares this through the mystery of, of godliness. And you see that in chapter 3. Chapter 4, Paul reacts to uh, or repeats uh, the warnings that he gave to the church in Ephesus, which he did in Acts chapter 20, uh, about false teaching and departing from the faith. He talks about and uses the phrase changing doctrine and giving heed to, he says, seducing spirits or, or a changing of lifestyle and making sure that we're careful not to fall into a place of no conviction. He uses the phrase a seared uh, conscience or conscience being seared. We don't, we don't want to be people of no conviction. We want the conviction of the Holy Ghost and the power of the Word to be working in our life. We want to be influenced so that we can influence and, and uh, not, not be in any state of rebellion, but instead apostolic and where we show forth the grace and, and the power of God's love. And we do that through believing and behaving. It's not enough just to believe. It's also important that we behave according to the Scripture. It's it's not enough for me just to believe it, but always uh, believing and behaving goes together. And he exhorts Timothy. He said, let no man despise your youth, but be an example to the believers. Or or we we, uh, exercise that discipline on a daily basis that we want to be a positive influence. He said, neglect not the gift that is in thee. Take heed unto thyself. This is, these are all phrases that speak to us about being a positive influence. And if there's ever a day when the people of this world need a positive influence from the church, it is today. Amen. The church needs to be the church. So uh, uh, we're picking up... Um, we jumped ahead a little bit, and we're picking up with chapter 5. And, uh, and Paul's turning to Timothy here about relationships and, and how relationships are very important in our influence. And he focuses on some particular relationships. He starts out talking about elders. And you'll see in chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. And the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, and the younger as sisters with all purity. Uh, the first principle that he's dealing here with is uh, how, we, how we treat our elders. And he speaks about that being done in honor. And yet there will be times when we disagree. We're not always going to be in agreement. Okay? But there is, according to Scripture, a proper way... For us to influence. And if we're not influencing it in a proper way, then it becomes manipulation. And that's not positive. 
uh, how we handle uh, each other is very important. And so as Christians, you'll see here there's different Greek words that are used uh, in, in the Bible for the word rebuke. And uh, I can't exactly say them maybe properly in the Greek, but epitamio, which means to put honor upon the judge. This is to rebuke with respect. And so that can be done in a proper way. But what we're seeing, uh, we also see in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, uh, the word epilesio, which means to stroke at the, the judge or to rebuke without respect. And he and Paul's given us uh, some instruction here not to, to be uh, using this type of method in speaking to other people. And when we talk about elders, we're not just talking about old people. Sometimes we think of that in those terms, but um, how we talk to uh, uh, people in position, people who's been uh, serving the Lord for uh, a good length of time, it may be someone that's uh, elder in age, but that doesn't mean necessarily. And our person, personal relationships uh, is to entreat fellow believers properly. And um, folks... We are brothers and sisters in the Lord. Now, I don't know what it was like in your family, but our, my siblings and I didn't always agree. Sometimes we even fought. I was the oldest, still am. <laughs> um, and uh, so, you know, there's kind of this little mentality maybe that comes with the oldest that you have more say. I don't know if that's true, but maybe that's personality too. Going to get it done. Going to do her my way. <laughs> uh, sometimes we didn't agree. Sometimes uh, I heard the phrase, wait until you get home. Ever heard that phrase? <laughs> Maybe that phrase doesn't happen down here. It happened in Kushpaquak, I can tell you that. Wait until you get home. But you know what's interesting is when the rubber met the road and someone else thought they were going to do something to my siblings, there was a whole different matter that came into play. No, that's my brother and that's my sisters. And that will not be happening. And uh, I even have a couple times where I had to go back and apologize because... Um, took that a little too far. I could tell you about that sometime. Uh, when he's talking about entreating fellow believers, he's using the word to call near or an invitation uh, to exhortation. It's, a, it's, it's to tender a two-way a, a two communication where we are treating each other and the people around us as family members. Yeah, we're not always going to be in agreement, but we're going to have your back. And, you know, there's, if we're going to be people of influence, it can't just be in word only. It's also in deed. You know what? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be there through the trial, the struggle, the the challenge, whatever the situation is, you're my brother, you're my sister. We're in this together. Amen. And um, if, there's, if there's anyone that you should be receiving support from, 
it should be the family of God. We should be making sure that the most support that we can receive is from the family of God. And he uses this, this he says, um, and he used the image here of, of treat older men as your father and older women as your mother and younger women, younger men as your brother and younger women as your sister. And he says to do that with all purity. There's, there's a, a, a primary principle that we're not trying to do this with a wrong motive. You are my brother and you are my sister. And I want to be a proper influence. And there's a big difference between being a positive influence and using your position or who you are to manipulate. All right, it's Bible study night. I'm just, I'm just telling you, that's, that's, not, that's not how God's put us in position or in authority. No, no, we're, we're here to walk alongside of you. And, and, and Paul gives us, you know, a pretty clear instruction in Galatians chapter 6. When, when someone's struggling, then ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. In the spirit of meekness, because you never know, could be you or I the next day. And so uh, this, this power of influence, and he's speaking to it from the sense of uh, fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. And how important that is. And then he goes into the next part in verse 3. He says, honor widows that are widows indeed. But if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite their parents for the, that is good and acceptable before God. Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusteth in God and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. And and so you see, actually, from the beginning of the New Testament church um, that they had a concern for believing widows. You can, you can read that right at the first, first section of, of the book of Acts. And that's the reason, by chapter 6, that they, they set up deacons so that people would not be neglected. They wouldn't be neglected. And they put people in, in order. However, at the same church time, the church was not trying to uh, waste its resources or, or whatever or being taken advantage of or whatever you want to say. So Paul gives a list of qualifications. But the, the idea is, is that we're to be an influence for those who are needing extra help. It could be as simple as someone going through a health issue. Sometimes a few meals dropped off is a nice gesture. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's, it's someone who's lost a, a loved one and it's a challenging time for them. And maybe a phone call and a, a little card here or there or an email, a text is maybe it's just what is needed at the time. See, the principle behind it is for us to be a positive influence. And Paul's using the example of widows. And he says widows indeed. That indicates a widow that has maybe not other means. And, and the church can, can be the, the family members that help that person that is 
maybe destitute at the time and going through an incredible amount of grief or whatever the case is. Uh, he goes on to talk about children or grandchildren. He uses the word nephews that, uh, you know, maybe can help. But there's, there's instances where maybe family is hundreds or thousands of miles away. And so the church needs to be careful that we are a positive influence. You, could, we, you know, we can pass things off with, well, you know, so-and-so, they, they got family here, family there. That doesn't mean that uh, everyone's able to pick up at any time and be of assistance. Let's not neglect, Paul says, let's not neglect our responsibility as a church to be a positive influence on maybe someone that's, um, you know, it, it could be as simple as someone having a baby. Okay, I, I, I don't know what you came expecting tonight, but I'm just going to teach to you anyway. Do you know when, when someone has a child and maybe there's a, another child or two at home, it can be heavy. And not everyone all has family to be able to pitch in and pick up uh, some of the weight. Let's open our eyes around us to be people of influence. Okay? Because you know what? This is, this is a powerful tool that the world gets to see if the church is being what the church should be to the family of God. Say, is it that serious, Pastor? It is that serious. And I thank, thank the Lord for families that are available to help and all of that. But listen, some, sometimes people are living a long ways away from family. And maybe people don't have family besides the family of God to help. Okay. He uses the phrase, trusteth in God, or he uses, uh, gives the example of a godly widow that is a spiritual powerhouse in the church. And, and maybe because her husband and children are gone that maybe she has extra time for prayer and he uses the phrase night and day. Um, but, and that her life is a godly example. And uh, there's going to be instances like that. But there's also going to be times, folks, when, when people who are in need need us to pray. And we're there to pick up the pieces to help someone get through a time of grief or a health issue or an operation or a childbirth or, or, or some struggle where maybe a job was lost or whatever the situation is. It's more than just praying people through to the Holy Ghost. And I believe that with all my heart. It's more than just inviting people to church and teaching Bible studies and that's necessary. But the church needs to be a church of influence so that the world sees that's what I want to be part of. What an exciting moment to be able to demonstrate, you know, that you're part of a church that cares for people when they are in need. All right. He goes on to say, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Let not a widow be taken into the number under threescore years old, 
having been the wife of one man, well reported up for good works, if she had brought up children, if she had lodged strangers, if she had washed the saints' feet, if she had relieved the afflicted, and if she had diligently followed every good work. And so Paul, Paul gives, you know, he gives clarification that uh, the church is not supposed to be uh, slack when it comes to being a Christian. We're supposed to be wise. And uh, the idea is not for the church of God to create a, a, a position of dependency. Well, what's he saying there? He's saying to us not to be lazy. Okay, so the church is not to supply every need that you have. That's not what he's trying to say. He's trying to say there's going to be times when need is, is, is needed. <laughs> but he comes to the other side and says, pick up your bootstraps and go to work. Now, I, there's, there's, there's times when that's not possible in age, in, and people get to ages where they're not able to do all that, and, that, and that's, that's all understandable. What he's saying is <laughs> a 25-year-old shouldn't sit on the couch and expect the church to take care of them. That's what he's saying. Can I put it that way to you? <laughs> so we're not allowing Donnie to stay at home all week. No, we're going to work them. Someone of his caliber, we even work more. So he's, he's saying, listen, the church is to show charity, not be a charity. You know, we have to be careful that we're not enabling people, but yet we're still showing ourselves as a person of influence to help people. Do you see what I'm saying? There's, there's not an excuse not to help someone. But we're also not giving an excuse for someone not to do their best as well. And so the church should be mindful of what people have given to the ministry of the people. And should, we should be wise about that. And so we should be there to help people, but not enable people automatically to ignore the responsibilities of life. If you're well and able to mow your lawn, mow your own lawn. Oh, I'm just making the point. Sometimes we, if we're not careful, we, we can expect that the church is going to do this and this and this. Uh, can, I, can I, let me throw this in. We have an incredible evangelism director. Brother and Sister Beckerton, we got two for the price of one. But because they're part of this church, doesn't mean that the rest of the church stops teaching Bible studies. No, it should be the opposite. Don't bring Brother Beckerton a Bible study that you got. Get a Bible study chart and teach it. He's already doing however many week. We're not, we're, he's like Donnie. We don't let him go home and sleep very much. Do you see what the point is? The point, we're, we're people of influence. This, you don't have to be 
a preacher or someone in position to be a person of influence. No, God, God filled you with the Spirit. He made you part of the family of God. The, the idea is I'm going to do everything I can to help people. Not just give them fish every day, but teach someone how to fish. That's the idea. And as a church, we're going to continue to let the church be the church of people of influence. And he uses some more things taken into the number. Under 60, of course, you have to understand the day. The day was different and people didn't live as long as they do today. But he's, he's, the idea is he's given well reported of and he's given qualifications here. People who are trying is what he's trying to get across. People who are making the effort, let's put an extra arm around them and help them along the way. That's the idea and the principle behind what he's saying. And uh, verse 11, but the younger widows refuse. Now he's not telling us not to care for them, but he's telling, telling us that the younger ones may get married again. Don't spoil them so they don't get married again, is what he's saying. I always tease my wife that the grass on my grave wouldn't even be started before she'd be married again. She always gives me a hard time about that, and I just tease her about it. No, what he's saying is don't, you know, don't, don't spoil people, but take care of people who are in need. That's what he's saying. And uh, I'm, I'm going to get a talking to about that. I just kind of feel it coming from that side. That wasn't in my notes, and I shouldn't have said it. Can we take that off live stream back there? But the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, having damnation because they've cast off their first faith, and with all they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also in busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, and give none occasion to the adversary to speak re reproachfully, for some are already turned uh, aside after Satan. His, his idea there is, is if there's a younger widow, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. But be careful not to spoil people so that they run around just chatting. Now, we talk about that on one side. That can happen on both sides. Paul's given instruction. It's a, it's a principle. The principle is um, don't spoil people so they have too, many time, too much time on their hands to be tattletales and tattlers and busybodies. That's what he's saying. Okay. He forbids Timothy to enroll in that capacity because he thinks it's actually not profitable. And he says that he doesn't want to give any occasion to the adversary. That's a military term, meaning uh, a base of operations, um, that they, they actually would, wouldn't be living to the best of their capability, but rather given opportunities to find themselves in trouble. So, what's, what's Paul trying to say with all that? Uh, he's telling us, first of all, to look after people, but not spoil people. So, there's nothing wrong with doing a little work for the blessing at times. 
nothing wrong with giving a little bit of effort and and uh, and maybe someone's needing help from time to time and what Paul's saying there's there's times when maybe that help can be forgiven and sometimes maybe it needs to be paid back there's nothing wrong as long as the church is being a positive influence to the members of this church and beyond yeah someone's got a broken leg it doesn't hurt for us to carry something for them <laughs> and uh, it could be as simple as helping someone maybe get out of the vehicle and using an umbrella for an elder maybe when it's raining it can it don't have to be complicated Someone who's by themselves and maybe a little older, nothing wrong with starting the car and cleaning it off from time to time. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be expensive. It just has to be that we're showing ourselves as a positive influence. Not for the wrong reason, but because we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's what we're here to do. And so he's giving, uh, listen, let's not give any occasion to the enemy. Uh, verse 16, if any man or woman that believeth have widows, let them relieve them, and let not the church be charged, but, or that it may relieve them that are widows indeed. And so he's summarizing uh, that um, if there's widows in the family, then you look after them. And so if there's widows in the family of God, the church, then we should uh, also look after them, take care. And so um, he's giving that example. The church should be there to assist people who really need help. The church is not to subsidize, and it's not a bank. <laughs> we're, just, we're here to be that church. <laughs> is everyone okay? Because I, I want make sure everyone's all right out there. It's our obligation, folks, our moral obligation to take care of each other. And that's not always just financial. That's all. That can be, that can be put in someone's wood in and uh, I was at someone's house a little over a week ago and they're they're not they're not having it easy they're struggling physically and they need the roof done and I'm you know God called me to preach but something struck me in my heart you know what us guys we're gonna come and we're gonna do that roof for them I just told them, get the stuff, and we'll be there to take care of it for you. Because you know, at the end of the day, I can say whatever I want behind this pulpit, but it's showing in action and deed. And uh, if we're going to be people of influence, then we have to live it and act it, behave that way, not just speak it. Boy, all right, I'm almost done page two. First Timothy 5, 17, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. Them that sin rebuke, them, or rebuke before all, 
that others also may fear. And so Paul's bringing in a new topic again. He's, he's, he's the same topic, but using different uh, people. And he's, he's looking after real needs within the congregation here. And uh, he's talking about people who rule well and, and making sure that they're taken care of. And I thank God for this church and the blessing of this church for our staff and how this church takes care of the staff. Uh, I'm so appreciative of that because everyone's trying to do the best thing for this church in this city, reach people, minister to people. And uh, we don't do everything right. And we, do, we don't do it right all the time. But uh, I, I will say that the intent is right. We're trying our best on most occasions to do that which is right. And Paul, uh, he's using two scriptures going back to Deuteronomy 25 and 4. Thou shalt not muzzle the ox when he treadeth out the corn. And then he's going to Luke chapter 10 and verse 7 when Jesus says, In the same house remain eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. And so he's, he's speaking of people who are giving of themselves and, and maybe doing that on a full-time basis or whatever, that uh, 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 people like that are taken care of. And thank the Lord for this type of church that sees that as important. And um, before I ever became a pastor, I believed in the pastor, supported the pastor, and did what I could for the pastor. That happened before I ever became a pastor. My dad is a friend of pastors. He taught us to do that. And I thank God for a church that takes care of the ministry properly. This church has been taught well. And I thank God for great leaders like Brother Bustard and Brother Goddard and, and many others that have helped teach this church that principle of taking care of people who are taking care of you. It's a great understanding, and I thank God for that because there, there is uh, principles that are given in the Word of God that uh, speak highly to how a church takes care of its people. The people that work at this church are not hirelings. It's not. They're not. They're not hirelings. The government looks at us as employees, but that's not how God looks at us. He called us to what we're doing. There's a calling that comes with this. I thank God for the calling of individuals that have dedicated and committed their lives. And then a church that understands that. And so, a church that's taken care of and leaders that are taking care of people. And we're growing, folks. We're, we're growing at a, a great pace. And God's... God, give us wisdom, give us help, give us understanding that we can do it to the best of our ability. Because, again, if we're going to be people of influence, we want everyone to understand that this, this is a calling. We're, we're doing this together. We're not trying to... Can I tell you that ministry is not 9 to 5? It's not. And the weekends are not off. This is no joke. I added it up. I did enough driving from Saturday to Tuesday morning that I could have been in Myrtle Beach. That's the truth. This is not, this is not nine to five. This is, you know what? We want to be people of influence. 
Oh, God, help us. Help us, God, to show ourselves. God has a family of God that cares for people. And that's what Paul's saying. He's, he's giving the examples of this. He, in verse 21, he says, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality, lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other man's sins, keep thyself pure, drink no longer water, but use a little wine for the stomach's sake and thine often infirmities. Paul's using a military metaphor with I charge thee, and he's charging Timothy. He says, Timothy, there's principles uh, about dealing with people within the church, preferring one before another. Don't do that. Don't do it with partiality. Listen, there's no seniority rights in the, in the New Testament. We're all in this together. Well, you know, I've been in the church this long. Guess what? You were a sinner just like everyone else. We're saved by grace just like one another. Um, and uh, so every member has the, the standing with God upon his word, and everyone's uh, uh, commanded to obey his word and, and to have connections. And so Paul cautions us not to put people into positions uh, even too quickly. He says, lay hands uh, uh, suddenly on no man because that could bring a reproach upon the church and, and actually cause someone to maybe uh, not grow at the proper pace and maybe cause them to sin. And he says, listen, be careful of all that. And he, and he says to Timothy, keep thyself pure, Timothy. Another person's failure is not an excuse for us to do the same thing. We want to be people of influence in a positive way. Well, so-and-so is doing this. Don't follow so-and-so. Follow the Word of God. Be a person of influence. And, and so he's, he's reading. If you want to read between the lines here in Paul's letter, he says, let no man despise your youth, Timothy. He's, he's telling him, listen, you, you, uh, there, there was great problems, folks, at the church of Ephesus. It was a, a, a metropolitan city that was very sinful and and. and Timothy's put there to minister, and he's young, and he's probably had uh, maybe uh, lots of things he's had to handle, and, if, and for sure he's being compared, I'm, I'm sure, to Paul, who that's big shoes to fill, and, 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 and the Bible tells us that Timothy had some apparent uh, physical problems. He says, thine often infirmities, and, and maybe that was due to stress with the church, and, or whatever the case was. He says, says, Timothy, just be careful to be consistent and treating people the same. Doesn't matter to me if the person is five years old or 95 years old. They need to be treated with the same respect. First of all, I love kids. And I kind of like old people too. The elders have got it to where it is. And those five-year-olds and ten-year-olds, they grow up fast. They're the church that's just around the corner. Treat everyone with consistency, not based upon economic status, what family they grew up in, what language they speak, what culture they're from, what part of town they live in. No, none of those things matter with God. He created every person in his own image, and if we're going to be a person of influence, it better be with consistency. So he goes on. He's saying all these things. And, he's, he, and Paul, he knows that Timothy's got a little issue here with physical problem. He tells him to use a little wine for his digestive problems and 
Of course, that's not meaning that Paul's in favor of alcohol. Two kinds of wine are referred to in Bible times, the non-fermented wine, which is referenced here, and the fermented. And the Bible calls that a mocker. And so there's a vast difference between that. And Paul, he's telling him, uh, Timothy, take care of yourself because you've got to take care of the people. He's not telling them to become a social drinker and an alcoholic. That's not what he's telling them. He says, Timothy, you've got to take care of yourself because if you're going to be a positive influence to take care of the people, you need to be healthy. That's what he's saying. Okay, we're coming in for landing. Some men's sins, he said, are open beforehand, going before them to judge it and judgment, and some men they follow after. Likewise, also the good works of some are manifest beforehand, and they that are otherwise cannot be hid. And so he's, he's telling us if we're going to be positive influences, we've got to be careful uh, and uh, not allow ourselves to come under the influence or the nature of sin. And uh, that can easily disqualify us. So listen, we, every one of us are going to make mistakes. Every one of us are going to fail from time to time. But what Paul's saying, listen, don't allow that to become your lifestyle. Because if you're going to be a positive influence, you can't come under the influence of sin. It makes us hypocritical, and people see hypocrisy. And so if, they, if I'm standing here preaching that you shouldn't go to the bar, and someone sees me at the bar kind of doesn't work. You preach behind the pulpit, you shouldn't run around, and someone sees you with another woman, it doesn't speak well. He said that goes before you. Can't be a positive influence on Sundays and forget about it on Tuesday. It's more, it's just as important, I will say, on how I speak to people in the line at the bank on Tuesday as it is to people on the way out on Sunday. All right, I'm going to, tell, I'm going to preach it anyway. Because it follows you. It goes before you. It'll come after you. People will see whether the influence is true or not. And, and he says it is the same. He's talking about godly people here. He's talking about people that, uh, you know, we, we need to be uh, in, a, in a, a, an atmosphere of discernment. And say, you know what, I, you know, I don't like how this conversation's going. I'm, I'm going to avoid this. I, I, I've got to keep an influence that's positive. Okay, we're almost done. Have you ever caught yourself in a situation where you wish you hadn't have been there? Nothing wrong with walking away, folks. My dad taught me as a young boy. Someone talking about the preacher, you just get up and leave. And I can remember two instances as a young man of that happening. And one of them was in my grandfather's house. No, not time to roast the preacher. No, I'm not, I'm not going to let my influence be affected by that garbage. Uh-uh. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in, in that type of stuff, folks. That'll, that'll affect your influence because your attitude will get all messed up. 
Is there faults and failures in the church? Well, yeah. If you find a perfect one, don't join it. You'll ruin it. We're people. We're human beings. But we're aiming in the same direction. We're wanting to be an influence to the family of God and to the people around us. And this, is, this whole series on skilled leaders is about being an influence for the kingdom of God. Stand, if you would. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, oh, God, help me to be what you want me to be. Help me to be, God, what you want me to be. Let there be a, a, a word of knowledge that comes into my spirit, a, a, a spiritual discernment, God, that I don't allow myself to be affected by the things around me in this world. Uh-uh. Don't allow that to happen, church. There's enough garbage to go around. Don't make yourself part of it. Withdraw yourself from that and say, listen, I, I've, got, I've got a God in my life that I've got to use to be a positive influence to people. I'm not going to speak negatively. I'm not going to focus on all the errors and the mistakes and the wrongs and what's right and what's not right. No, no, no. I've got one purpose. God filled me with the Spirit. He saved me by His grace. I've got the power of His Word in my heart. I'm going to let my life be a, an influence to every person I come in contact with. Oh, God, help us on a daily basis to be what you want us to be, God. Don't let us fall into the trap of what the world, what the world will do is smile and be kind to your face. And before you're hardly out of ears, Distance can be saying something negative about you. Don't let that infiltrate the church. Not healthy. Healthy lives create healthy families, which create a healthy church. God, I thank you for your mighty power and spirit tonight. Thank you for your word, God, and the examples that Paul gave us in 1 Timothy chapter 5. God, through the elders and the widows and and God, the leadership, and God, I thank you, Lord, for the examples that were used throughout that chapter, God, for us to be peoples of, uh, people of influence, and God, every person we come in contact with, we want to show you. We want them to see you through us, God, and God, I pray, Lord, as we leave this place tonight, that we would just let that word, God, settle right down into our spirit. Maybe we go back and read it again. And God, let it settle more into our spirit. We want to be a person of influence, God, for your kingdom, for your glory. And we ask it in the powerful name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being in Bible study tonight. God bless you. Thank you for joining us online. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.